Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From uh, about 15 years on up, uh, a great deal of my thoughts were uh, basically unshareable. We are all evil in some form or another. Yes, I am not 100%, but I am evil. My mother was a, a sick, angry, hungry, and very sad woman. I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is Serial Killing, a podcast. Hello again, and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast. My name is Alyssa Carroll, and I am the host and creator of at Serial underscore Killing on Instagram, where we go through the life stories of serial killers to see if we might catch a glimpse of why they displayed their famous, vile, and disturbing behaviors. Again, I have to say thanks to some of my patrons, Emily, Gabrielle, Emma, Galen, Cassandra, David, John, and my girl Judy. Thank you so much. This podcast will be on Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Leonard Thomas Lake was born October 29th, 1945 in San Francisco, California. So let's get into some history for that time. Germany and Italy agreed to form an alliance against France and the United Kingdom. Germany also began invading the Netherlands, Belgium, France, and Luxembourg during World War II. Also, the USSR and Finland agreed to end the Winter War. We see Benjamin O. Davis Sr. become the first African-American general. While most of Davis's duties were directly linked with the army, avoiding putting him in charge of white troops, he was eventually promoted to Brigadier General by FDR. As part of his job, he would often visit African-American troops stationed in Europe and help improve morale. He retired from service after 50 years in 1948. The Selective Training and Service Act of 1940 became United States law on the 16th of September. This draft required men between the ages of 21 and 35 to be registered for the draft lottery. The race riots in Chicago, Harlem, Los Angeles, and Detroit occurred this year, and the Narrows Suspension Bridge collapsed in Tacoma, Washington. Other notable people born this year were John Lennon, Richard Pryor, Bruce Lee, Tom Jones, Chuck Norris, Al Pacino, and Ringo Starr. So this was the atmosphere that Leonard was born into. Now, I dug and dug 
and I couldn't find his parents' name other than Leonard's mother's maiden name was Williams. It is said that he was the first child to the couple. He had at least one brother and at least two sisters, but I was unable to find his family tree really anywhere. His parents did separate when he was just six years old. He and his siblings were subsequently sent to live with their maternal grandmother. He was an intelligent child, but for whatever reason, he became hypersexualized at a very young age. He delighted in taking nude photographs of his sisters and was apparently caught by his grandmother who did not dissuade this behavior. Leonard would then use these photographs to blackmail his sisters into doing sexual acts with him, which apparently his grandmother busted him doing as well, and yet she didn't stop him. At some point in Leonard's youth, he began to catch, torture, and kill mice. He would then dissolve their bodies in an acid solution. He was, by that time, also obsessed with pornography. After he graduated from high school, he joined the Marines in 1964. So the information on Leonard's childhood is pretty sparse, and yet it seems pretty clear what is going on. It would appear that neither of his parents could or even wanted to take responsibility for the children after they decided to separate. His maternal grandmother would take all of the children in, which puts a tremendous strain on an aging parent. And we can make some assumptions here that there was most likely deviant behavior prior to the children moving in with their grandmother, and a lot of this deviant behavior is learned. But learned from who? One of the parents? It's pretty likely. And with Leonard being only six years old, when he and his siblings went to live with their grandmother in 1951, this would mean that the other ones ranged from obviously younger than six down to possibly still in diapers. We also don't hear of any grandfather that was in the picture either. So was his grandmother, who might have been alone and long finished raising children, then basically having to start over? That would be a lot, as anyone could imagine. But her discovering Leonard's hobby of bullying his sisters into allowing him to take inappropriate photos of them and her doing nothing about it is also quite disturbing. And yet, even further is that she also caught him and his sisters performing sexual acts together and still did nothing. Some sources state that the grandmother actually encouraged this behavior, but I disagree. I think that she turned a blind eye, but why? And now, Leonard derived great pleasure from torturing and killing mice and soaking them in an acid solution. This is also a rather large red flag. According to Psychology Today, research has consistently reported childhood cruelty to animals as the first warning sign of later delinquency, violence, and criminal behavior. 
In fact, nearly all violent crime perpetrators have a history of animal cruelty in their profiles. Most commonly, children who abuse animals have either witnessed or experienced abuse themselves. For example, statistics show that 30% of children who have witnessed domestic violence act out a similar type of violence against their pets. In fact, communities now cross-train social service and animal control agencies in how to recognize signs of animal abuse as possible indicators of other abusive behaviors. Now, there's a few different ways that Leonard could have been doing this to get something out of it, right? So he could have been abusing animals as a form of mood enhancement, attempting to identify with a possible abuser, post-traumatic play, imitation, or rehearsing interpersonal violence. Whatever the reason, it leads me to believe that perhaps he had experienced something before ending up residing with his grandmother. We have no real way of knowing for sure unless one of his siblings or someone who knew the family dynamic steps forward, and I'm not seeing that. But regardless, we have here a very deeply disturbed little boy who, as we know, grew up to be an absolute monster. So now let's kind of get into Charles. Charles Ng was born on December 24th, 1960 in British Hong Kong, not long before Leonard Lake joined the Marines. Charles was born into wealth, his father being a highly respected businessman who also severely physically abused his son. Due to this abuse, he was quite withdrawn and displayed troubling behavior at school and was actually expelled from several schools. Charles was a loner and by the age of 15, he had already been arrested for shoplifting. So his father forced him to go to a boarding school in North Yorkshire, England. And again, while at the boarding school, he began stealing from his fellow students and was sent back home to Hong Kong. Charles then later moved to California on a student visa to study biology at the College of Notre Dame. That lasted all of one semester. And this was around the time that Charles Ng met Leonard Lake. So let's look at Charles's childhood. According to childwelfare.gov, a child's reactions to abuse or neglect can have lifelong and even intergenerational impacts. Childhood maltreatment can be linked to later physical, psychological, and behavioral consequences. For example, abuse or neglect may stunt physical development of the child's brain and lead to psychological problems. The outcomes for each child may vary widely and are affected by a combination of factors, including the child's age and developmental status when the maltreatment occurred, the type, frequency, duration, and severity of the maltreatment, and the relationship between the child and the perpetrator. Experiencing childhood maltreatment is a risk factor for depression, 
anxiety, and other psychiatric disorders throughout adulthood. I'm sure some are thinking that the culture Charles was born into should factor in, but in my opinion, no amount of culture excuses child abuse, period. So now we're going to jump back to Leonard for just a little bit. After joining the Marine Corps in 1964, Leonard Lake was then deployed to serve in the Vietnam War as a radar operator. During his first tour, he began to act strangely and ultimately had to be hospitalized due to, quote, exhibiting incipient psychotic reactions, unquote, but was released soon after and went back to work. So what does that mean? Incipient psychotic reactions. Well, we have to start with what some theorize as stress responses, okay? We begin with the levels of acute stress disorder or post-traumatic stress disorder. According to the U.S. Library of National Medicine, it's not so much highly associated with subsequent psychosis. The data viewed from this perspective raised the possibility that the stress reaction itself is the first sign of the incipient psychosis, okay? Adding to this possibility, it is that the onset of a psychotic diagnosis generally occurred in about a year, the length of time now given over the period of psychosis when symptoms are detectable but not yet meet criteria for a database diagnosis. Now guys, we pretty much all know someone that went to fight in Vietnam and many of them did not come back the same person. Without getting to all of that detail, people saw things that no human should ever have to. My own stepfather's stories about his experiences in Vietnam were horrific to say the least and you could certainly see his eyes sort of glaze over and go back there in horror. Now, could Leonard's stress reaction have been from just the experience of war? We know he had deviant behavioral tendencies prior to joining the military, but being exposed to that level of depravity and death, well, it had to have had an unimaginable effect on his psyche that was already cracked. Leonard then went on to do two tours of duty in Vietnam and was given a medical discharge in 1971. He was 26 years old due to being officially diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder. Now, according to the Mayo Clinic, this disorder is an uncommon condition in which people avoid social activities and consistently shy away from interaction with others. They also have a limited range of emotional expression. Some feel like they can't experience pleasure, don't react to praise or critical remarks from others, and may appear to lack motivation and goals. Schizoid personality disorder usually begins in early adulthood, though some features may be noticeable during childhood. These features may cause the person to have trouble functioning well in school, a job, functioning in society, or in other areas of life, so that gives you an idea. 
Now, once Leonard returned to the U.S., he moved to San Jose, California, and he began taking classes at San Jose University, but dropped out after only one semester and decided to join a hippie commune. It was during his time in this commune that he became obsessed with the threat of global nuclear war and sort of adopted a survivalist lifestyle, only he was deeply paranoid and began collecting guns. And in no way am I survivalist shaming. You homesteaders, I'm jealous. But during this time, he met 25-year-old Clara Lynn Balatz, I believe is how it's pronounced, and she worked as a teacher's aide. He nicknamed her Cricket. He had, by this point, already begun making amateur pornographic movies showing his love for sadomasochism. For years, Leonard lived in Greenfield Ranch, which was a 5,500-acre kind of quote, back-to-the-land settlement with a house on the property. Plenty of privacy that he so craved. Now, don't let her fool you. Clara Lynn was a very willing participant in Leonard's BDSM pornographic movies. In videos, she can be seen undressing suggestively, even smacking her hand with a paddle and how it won't leave a mark. In another video, she talks about, quote, underage performers for their videos, specifically stating 14 to 16-year-old girls. She was also heard laughing about who she'd like Leonard and Charles to, quote, make disappear next, unquote. In 1977, 32-year-old Leonard Lake married Cricket and they settled into that remote house. Cricket starred in his pornographic films. He also began construction of a bunker for the nuclear war he was convinced was coming. His landlord discovered the bunker and told him to stop building immediately. It is then said that Leonard then placed an ad in a survivalist magazine and that is how he met Charles Ng. The two bonded quickly and Leonard invited him to come live with him on the ranch. Charles agreed. So what had Charles been up to since quitting college? Well, he was soon arrested for being in a hit and run and forced to pay for the damages. Soon after, he lied about his nationality to be able to join the USMC or the U.S. Marine Corps. He wasn't able to keep this up either, and he was quickly dishonorably discharged after less than a year for stealing automatic weapons worth $11,000 from the gun storage of the Marine Corps base in Kanoe Bay, Hawaii. Though sentenced to 14 years, he managed to escape and fled to California. He then met Leonard Lake. So Charles Ng found in Leonard Lake a sort of father-son camaraderie, right? Like a real friend, as well as a new way to vent his rage. After moving in with Leonard and Cricket, he felt like he finally belonged to his own little family. Leonard tucked Charles under his wing, acting like the father that Charles had always wanted. They discussed guns, survival techniques, and their much darker side they seemed to have in common. 
Leonard shared his ideas of how he wanted complete control over every aspect of his life, especially the women. In 1982, federal agents finally caught up with Charles and arrested him for stealing weapons while in the military as well as desertion. Leonard was also arrested for possession of stolen weapons. Clara Lynn, aka Cricket, bailed Leonard out and he of course skipped his court appearance going into hiding because he was afraid that they were going to put him in jail. It was at this point that Clara Lynn left Leonard and sought a divorce because she said she wanted nothing to do with living with a fugitive. However, she continued her relationship with Leonard for years after they split. This is important. Charles, however, served two years in prison and then went back and joined Leonard at the secluded house. They then continued to work on the concrete bunker just outside of the house, which would be used as a holding cell for the victims they were about to get. The bunker itself looked like a workshop slash tool shed at first glance, but the pair installed a secret door and behind that was a seven foot by three foot holding cell. It had a small area for sleeping, a bucket for human waste, and one roll of toilet paper. On the wall was a one-way mirror so that the duo could watch whomever was inside, but the individual could not see out. Also, posted on the wall were six rules. I hope you're sitting. One, I must always be ready to serve my master. I must be clean, brushed, and made up with my cell neat. Two, I must never speak unless spoken to. Unless in bed, I must never look my master in the eye, but must keep my eyes downcast. Number three, I must never show my disrespect either verbally or silent. I must never cross my arms or legs in front of my body or clench my fists and unless eating, must always keep lips sealed. Four, I must be obedient completely and in all things. I must obey and without question or comment. Number five, I must always be quiet when locked in my cell. Number six. I must remember and obey any additional rules told to me. I must understand that disobedience, any pain, trouble, or annoyance caused by me to my master will be grounds for punishment. You see, Leonard read the book, quote, The Collector, as a teenager and became obsessed with seeing a girl as a sort of subservient pet. And side note, other serial killers took this book as inspiration as well, like Bob Berdella and Robert Hansen. Leonard said, quote, God meant women for cooking, cleaning house, and sex. And when they are not in use, they should be locked up, unquote. He, of course, kept many journals and used the book as a manifesto, even calling what he was about to do, quote, Project Miranda after the victim in the book. 
And now that he and Charles Ng had everything ready, it was time to act. The exact dates of each victim is not immediately known, okay? In 1983, it has been pretty well established that Leonard murdered his own brother, Donald, to steal his identity. Cricket testified that Leonard referred to his brother as a, quote, leech, unquote. And then this nice young family, Brenda, Lonnie, and their infant son, moved into a house next to Leonard and Charles. The duo kidnapped this family and tied Brenda up, sitting her in a chair, and as she begged for her infant, they ignored her cries. Leonard belittled her as Charles used a knife to cut off her clothes. You see, they had already killed Lonnie and the baby, burying them in sleeping bags on the property. Brenda was unaware of this at the time, as far as we know. They then repeatedly raped and tortured Brenda for an undetermined amount of time, days, maybe weeks. She was then either murdered or died from her injuries. In 1985, another victim that was found on one of the VHS tapes later found that Leonard and Charles used to record their crimes was 18-year-old Kathy Allen. Kathy was dating a man that Charles had known from prison. When Leonard saw her, he immediately wanted her. So he and Charles murdered her boyfriend, then called Kathy and told her that her boyfriend was there and he needed her. So she went to see what was going on and they took her. On this tape, Kathy was visibly terrified as they ripped her clothes off of her. They tortured and raped her, locking her in the tiny dungeon in between sessions. When they were done with her, they killed her, burned her body, and then buried the remains. On occasion, Leonard would find a man that mm, loosely fit his description, get him back to the property, and then shoot him in the head. Once he and Charles buried the body, Leonard would use the man's ID and assume that identity. Or the duo would go out together to search for a man who might have a car or possession they could, quote, profit from and then kill the man. Women were kept as sex slaves and then murdered once they had had their fill. All of this while still renting this house from his ex-wife, Cricket. On June 2nd, 1985, Charles was caught trying to shoplift some vice grip tools from a hardware store in San Francisco, but he managed to run out of the store in time and he went back to the house and told Leonard what had happened. Leonard drove back to the store in an attempt to pay for the stolen merchandise, but the police were already there. Officers asked him for his ID, and Leonard happily handed over the driver's license of Robin Stapley. The police noted that he did not look like the photo ID. The police officers then decided to run the driver's license information and found that Robert Stapley had been reported missing weeks earlier. They then detained Leonard and searched his vehicle, where they found an illegal gun silencer in the trunk. 
The car was registered to Paul Cosner, who had also been reported missing the year before. They arrested Leonard, but before they could begin the process of questioning him, he swallowed cyanide pills that he had actually sewn into his clothing, and he died. So the license plate on the car did belong to Leonard, and they traced him back to the property he and Charles had been living on. There, they discovered Robin's car, among other stolen vehicles. As they walked around the house, they noticed another freestanding structure. At first, the structure looked like a tool shed until they found the secret door. Leonard and Charles' torture chamber had been found. The police also noticed some freshly disturbed ground, and once they investigated, they found human remains that consisted of just bits of charred and broken bones. It would be later separated into at least 11 different bodies. They also found sort of a crude map that led them to another area where they discovered some buckets that had been buried. Inside those buckets were Leonard's very detailed journals, various documents belonging to victims, and videotapes that the duo had recorded to torture and rape at least two women. Charles was heard saying to one of the women, quote, You can cry and stuff like the rest of them, but it won't do you any good. We are pretty cold-hearted, so to speak. Unquote. One woman was tortured so horribly that it is said that there was no way that she could have survived, though they did not give details as to what happened to her. So with all this searching, where was Charles? Well, Charles had taken off and went to Alberta, Canada because he had had a sister that lived there. But of course his sister would not take him in and he was forced to sleep rough in a lean-to structure on a wooded park area. Then on July 6, 1985, a month after getting caught shoplifting in California, he was again caught stealing and actually shot a security guard in the hand. By this time, the Calgary police were able to arrest him. Canada was able to charge him with a list of assault and weapons charges, and he was imprisoned there for four and a half years. The American and Canadian authorities had already been communicating and Charles fought hard against being sent back to California to face his crimes, but in 1991, he was extradited. Clara Lynn, aka Cricket, struck an impossible deal, receiving immunity if she testified to what she knew about Leonard and Charles's crimes. She also gave the detectives weapons and other things to help their case. She agreed to take the stand at Charles's trial. And then as she walked up to take the stand, Charles' defense attorney immediately dismissed her without asking her any questions and never spoke about why he did that. The prosecution only went over her immunity deal and a little about what she knew about the goings-on at the house on the land that had belonged to her parents. She then left and went on with her life. So Charles said that Leonard Lake had kidnapped, raped, and murdered the victims without Charles, that he had just been a witness. 
He said that he only participated as an observer because his father had abused him as a child. His father was questioned and he admitted to mistreating Charles as a child and said that he was remorseful. But Charles insisted on speaking in his own defense. The prosecution introduced additional evidence that showed that he played a pivotal role in every part of the crimes. One item was a photo of Charles in his cell with these cartoons that he had drawn of his victims hanging on the wall behind him, including drawings of children being sacrificed and consumed. Charles was ultimately found guilty on nearly all charges and sentenced to death. Currently, he is awaiting his execution in San Quentin Prison. And if you're interested in what's going on with Cricket these days, well, you can find her on Facebook under Lynn Kessler. She is an elder woman now with gray hair, glasses, and grandchildren. This is a disturbing story, guys. What do you think? Leave me a comment on at serial underscore killing on Instagram or a comment on the YouTube channel. You can email me at SerialKillingInstagram at gmail.com and consider being a sponsor. Every bit helps. And most importantly, thank you so much for listening because I know you could be listening to anyone else and you just keep choosing me and I'm humbled. I love you guys. Thank you so much.